Hello, everybody. Welcome to this up close and personal podcast where my classmate and I discuss social media and society with an opposing view of addiction. I am Christina Michalatos, a master's student at Adelphi University, and I'm here with my classmate, Gabby Roberto. Hi, Gabby. Welcome to this podcast. Hey, everybody. Um, it's really great to be here, and I'm so excited to be able to discuss this really pressing issue in society today. Um, as Christina mentioned, I'm also a graduate student at Adelphi University, and this is actually my first semester in the EdTech program. Um, I find the topic of social media and society in general to be extremely intriguing, and I can't wait to dive deeper into this concept. I agree. Me too. Gabby, this is one main concept I would like to unpack in this episode today. And um, it comes down to, you know, a, a good question. Is society's collective engagement with social media considered addictive? Tech critics say yes, but addiction researchers hesitate to agree. Let me ask you something, Gabby, off the bat. Um, do you have an addiction? Let's get down and personal. Oh boy. Um, I, I honestly think it's, uh, essentially impossible in this day and age of social media to not have any kind of addiction to social media. Um, even before the pandemic prevented us from traditional socialization, social media was super prevalent in the lives of, you know, basically everybody, preteens, teens, adults. Um, however, I'm still, you know, my gut is to answer no to this question because, you know, I only ever really use Instagram to showcase my work on my clients. I mm-hmm. Snapchat my friends occasionally and I scroll through TikTok before bed and that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah. it's pretty typical for, uh, nowadays, but you know, I have this weird feeling that if I were to check the screen time data in the settings on my iPhone, that it might read a different story than what I perceive to be my light usage. Um, I'm going to pull this up quickly. I haven't taken a look at this in a long time. Mm-hmm. That's um, a good idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. So um, I'm going to go into settings and it says screen time. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, it says that I spend more than three hours on social media apps alone. I know. Every oh single goodness. day. Uh, wow. And I totally did not realize that prior to checking the app. So that <laughs> is pretty scary. <laughs> Oh my God, Gabby, three hours. That's crazy. Three hours per day, you said, right? Yep. Wow. No wonder we don't have enough time to complete our voice thread assignments. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? This just reminded me of one of our resources um, that we read um, from uh, Pfeiffer. Uh, It was a 2021 article and it was called, You Are Not Addicted to Technology. And it was where CBC quoted that addiction to information is getting stronger. A new report out of UK finds that people are looking at their phones every 12 minutes. And what I found interesting, though, from that article was that not only is the frequency today higher than uh, what it was just, let's say, three years ago, but this is what addictive researchers are basing, you know, what it means to be addictive just based on frequency, you know, and it makes me think, you know, because there's a lot of everyday things that we do very frequent as well. Like, for instance, you know, don't we eat frequently? I like to drink water every 12 minutes, you know, give and take. Um, Does that mean I'm addicted to water? I don't know. What what do you think, Gabby? Um, Well, we do spend a good amount of time eating and nourishing our bodies each day amongst 
tons of other things that we do to take care of ourselves. Um, but on the flip side, eating is a conscious decision and it's necessary uh, in order to survive. Like, you know, if somebody were to have asked me at the end of the day, what, what, did, what is every single thing that you ate today? I would be able to tell them. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe not immediately, but if I took more than 30 seconds to think about it, I could recollect a whole list of what I ate. Um, but you know, if I were to have guests without checking the screen time app, I would have said that I spend maybe an hour on social media each day, but like three hours, you know, and then that three hours times seven days a week is 21 hours a week. That's, I know that's equivalent to working a part-time job. And I didn't even realize it. Um, it's not like wow. I'm in the kitchen and I'm eating 45 Oreos and I don't remember it at the end yeah. of the day. <laughs> That's true. No, That's wonder, so true. <laughs> no wonder I'm always complaining <laughs> that I don't have time to get everything done. And that would be, I probably do eat 41 Oreos a day. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. You know what? I, I will have to agree with you on that more point. Um, I can remember when I first connected to Facebook and, and we all know how Facebook works with its algorithms. You know, it connected me with old classmates and friends from 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. I was amazed how fast, um, and easily Facebook, um, was able to connect me with old friends that I would have never seen in person. Um, as they all moved, you know, across the world. And this is something that I'm really grateful for in terms of using social media. Social media, Humans do not like to be alone. You know, we are social species. I would argue that that's healthy. You know, that's what we want, isn't it? Well, you know, I totally understand your perspective and agree uh, with you on the positive outcomes. Um, some of them are participating in social media. Um, and you know, we look at human nature, um, and socialization is in our human nature. It, it, this is necessary for us to live happy and healthy lives. So the temptation and draw to social media is logical. Um, you know, our primary instinct is to feel connected, but I, I do fear that this uniquely accessible and unmediated nature of social media creates a rather concerning technological environment. Right, right. And you know what? That social aspect um, was heavily discussed in the um, this, the documentary that we saw on Netflix called "The Social Dilemma" um, by Orlovsky, a twenty twenty um, documentary. Mm-hmm. And you know, it it reminded me of like the psychological perspective that they discussed. Um, social media uses your psychology against you and the apps are designed to mimic addictive painkillers almost. Mm. When I first heard that, when I heard first heard something like that, I was like, oh my God, you know what, what are they talking about? Um, and, and then that's when I was like, okay, you know what, then maybe it's not 100% my fault for being so addicted to social media. These media tech companies are designed to keep us so engaged and hooked that we become addicted. Yes, I, I totally forgot about that part of the social dilemma. Um, and I think that documentary actually says that 
you know, the act of refreshing your feed. So if you were to say, go on Instagram mm-hmm. and, you know, you have your yeah. feed there of all the people that you follow, you pull down the posts to, you know, get a new, a new, um, your feed updated. It, yeah. Doing that gives you the same satisfaction as playing slots in a casino. Yeah. Yeah. Or like when a person posts a picture, um, they may receive, you know, positive, Uh, positive social feedback, which stimulates the brain to release dopamine, rewarding that behavior, and then perpetuating the social media habit. And yeah, it's actually crazy to think about, you know, that from from that perspective. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the main difference is, you know, social media nowadays is that when it was first created, it was really a tool-based environment to serve the people using it. Like, you know, how you mentioned it reconnected you with friends on Facebook from 15 years ago. Um, that was serving mm-hmm. you then. And, and now, with the, especially with the power of the algorithm, the manipulation tactics to grab hold of those using it is definitely there. And when we begin to focus in on the concerns of how social media consumption um, might be affecting the teens specifically, the social dilemma documentary uh, comes to mind again, because it harps on a really chilling fact. Um, Mm -hmm. The fact that rates of suicide in the U S mirror the rates of social media usage amongst preteen and teen girls. Knowing this, how can Mm -hmm. big tech companies not, be urged to make a change. Um, suicide yeah. rates among preteens are up something like 196%, the documentary said, give or take a few digits. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, Christina, do you think that this is the reality imagined by the creators of platforms like Facebook, Instagram? Oh, oh man. You know what? I just... Uh... I, I, I instantly want to say, no, I don't. Their initial uh, motivations was not that. And, you know, I hope, I hope I say that with some credit to these media tech creators, you know, in general, like when a creator designs something professionally, you know, of course, their intent is to produce something successful and engaging that the masses will want to all buy, you know, or have. And these creators want to be paid, of course. So, you know, it comes down to money and power. Um, But it was very interesting to hear from these tech creators themselves on that Netflix documentary on the social dilemma that, you know, tech companies initially, their, their motivations for using social media was, you know, Flat out social interaction, information seeking and sharing, passing time, uh, entertainment and communication, you know, but unfortunately, it kind of took a life on its own once it spread all over the Internet. Um, When but when we talk about suicidal rates, you know, it's serious and we need all hands on deck to get involved. Doctors, big tech creators, media, educators, social workers, etc., Um, even just earlier this month on, um, you know, it's still in the news, uh, the Facebook whistleblower, Francis Hagen testified before a Senate panel, the hearings focus was advertised as protecting kids online. Francis quoted, I believe that Facebook's products harm children. Mm -hmm. She said that in her opening statement. And saying that the documents she published proved that Facebook's profit 
optimizing machine is generating self-harm and self-hate, especially for vulnerable groups like teenage girls. Jeez, you know, like luckily this issue reached the Senate. So let's see, Gabby, I, I hope it redirects the big tech's motivations back to what they originally intended to. Yeah, I hope so too. I mean, the the coincidence of um, this this Facebook uh, whistleblower incident is is pretty crazy for us uh, as we as we've been working on producing this podcast. I mean, it's all over the news, uh, and mm-hmm. so the question the question about social media um, and its health and its intentions are so prevalent in the news. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, as we've all yeah. heard before, too much of anything in life is no good. It's so important right. to try to maintain a balance, whether we're talking about a balanced diet, a work-life balance, uh, and even a media, uh, balanced media diet, as we've discussed in digital mm-hmm. literacy before. Yeah. So, you know, objectively speaking, at what point does our consumption of social media and our attachment to our phones in general become unbalanced and unhealthy? Where do we think it crosses the line? Right, right. You know what? Personally, I would say when it becomes an overdose and um, for social media and overuse. Um, In an outside source, I read an article from Healthline and it was called How to Tell if You Could Be Addicted to Your Phone. And it was medically reviewed by Timothy J. Legg and it was written by Rebecca J. Stanborough. Um, from 2019, and it reported that 81% of Americans now own smartphones. And over the past five years, Google Trends indicates that searches for cell phone addiction have likewise been rising. The article also quoted similarities between cell phone overuse and behavioral addictions, just like compulsive gambling. Wow. Yeah, the the compulsivity of social media is definitely a common thread throughout a lot of the pieces that we've that we've read through uh like i mentioned earlier with the whole refreshing the free uh the refreshing your feed uh and, and slots connection um mm-hmm. you know something that came to my mind is when i was younger and i got my phone taken away from me as a kid in high school all i could think about for at least the first hour or two was my phone it completely infiltrated yeah. all of my thoughts uh, i was constantly wondering what posts I was missing, what notifications were lighting up my screen that I wasn't getting to see. I remember that I would get so desperate that I would try to use the desktop computer that we had to log into Instagram or even use someone else's phone to try to get into my Snapchat account. It was certainly all-consuming. Yeah, all-consuming and and challenging to come down off of the reliance of social media. And this I would definitely consider to be unhealthy. Um, it reminds me now of like dependency on a drug and, and the withdrawals one goes through when it's first. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, this yeah. dilemma displays a really powerful quote from Edward Tuft. Um, there are only two industries that call their customers users, illegal mm-hmm. drugs and software. The fact that those who use social media in their lives are actually referred to as users was something that I never noticed before the documentary. And this is actually mm-hmm. so eerie to come to realize. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's think, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Think about it. What's your username? Oh, I don't use Facebook, but I use Instagram a lot. Like what if right. we were to replace uh, Facebook and Instagram with say the names of specific drugs? 
Um, mm-hmm. So Christina, what are your thoughts on this quote and maybe even your relationship with your own phone and social media addiction? Yeah, that was a very impactful quote by Edward Tuff. And mm-hmm. when I first heard it, it did hit me hard. I had to like really pause and like think about it. I was like, oh my God, that's so right. You know, users, we log in with like our username. Yeah. Um, and it was very interesting with that perspective that they put it in. Um, in fact, it's easy to feel like you're the one who's lost when you can't find your phone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened to me. I realized I was addicted to my phone when I lost it. Um, it was like my world turned upside down. And when I first realized the first five, 10 minutes that, oh my God, you know, I lost it. I can't find it. I felt this tightness in my stomach. Yeah. I started to feel sick. I was lethargic. I started sweating. I had all these anxious thoughts igniting all over my head. And I thought to myself, oh my God, I'm sick to my stomach over a material object. What is wrong with me? And how did I allow this to have such importance? And, you know, is this what people addicted to drugs feel like when, when they can't get more? And I said, you know what? All right. This is definitely unhealthy. Yeah. I mean, you know, just to kind of play devil's advocate here, um, I recall Boyd's article, it's called Addiction, uh, that that addiction is only potentially one way to understand the usage of social media. Another is what psychologists call the flow. Uh, Mm -hmm. This flow is described as the state of complete and utter absorption. It's the same sense that's described as being, you know, like in the zone. Um, Time disappears, attention focuses, and you feel euphorically engaged. This mm-hmm. is the ideal state for creativity and artistry. And, you know, online we have a lot of creators nowadays. Um, right. But there's also athletes, musicians, and actors all try to harness this mindset. So wouldn't that be considered a healthy state of mind? You know, okay. You know, maybe. Um, but, you know, controversially, um what if you look at teens playing video games for endless hours? I mean, they're so heavily focused and in the zone playing close attention and also in a different state of mind and likewise cannot hear or see anything. I mean, when I try to get my son or really my husband off playing video games, it's like all hell broke loose. And to me, honestly, isn't that unhealthy? You know, so the way I see it. Yeah. I mean, you do, you definitely have a point there and I totally agree. I agree. And, you know, I could see it as like both case of addiction where you have a particular substance or behavior that you're obsessed with and you cannot move away from. It preoccupies all your thoughts to the point that it is destroying your social, occupational, social life, you know, and that's when it's called addiction. Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what, Gabby? I feel like we unpacked so much here. I think it's time to wrap it up. Back to our opening question. question. Is society's collective engagement with social media considered addictive? We discussed if it's maybe habit or routine or convenience. For all of you out there listening and questioning yourself, if you are addicted, you may not have an answer or maybe you do. If you're not sure where you stand, um, take some time to consider your own relationship and potential dependency on social media. 
One way to get a really quick look at how much time you're consistently devoting to social media apps is to check out that screen time function on your phone, if you have an iPhone, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, as Christina and I displayed earlier, this is a really interesting uh, way to gain insight into your own tendencies and figure out how much time spent online you are or are not comfortable with. Yeah, definitely. Completely agree. Well, we thank you for taking the time to listen to us and uh, hoping we've been engaging enough to keep you addicted to our podcast episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Again, my name is Gabby and thank you, Christina, for joining me on this podcast. It was great to get personal about our own phone addictions. Take care, everybody. Oh, the pleasure was all mine, Gabby. Thank you and take care of yourself, everybody. Bye-bye.